episode 987, Bond, James Bond, The Craig Era Part 2. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Christian, bringing you theology at warp speed. I'm Ben Anderson. I'm Ben DiBono, and here we are in the afterglow of a new James Bond movie. And look, can I just tell you something? I love James Bond, and I love James Bond movies, and I love this movie. I, I'm so excited to talk about it more because I it well this is going to be spoilers, but just a non-spoiler thought. Uh, I think more than any other movie in the series, uh, you really have to sit with this one for a little bit in, in order to kind of let it settle in. I don't know if that was your experience. Yeah, I can't remember if I actually put this into <clears throat> words on my letterbox review, but I, I was feeling like it's hard for me to write this review, and it probably took me three or four days to post something up there. And when I when it was all said and done, I feel like I didn't. I, it was hard to get out exactly what I wanted to yeah. say about it. I just put out some thoughts just so I could log it. But yeah, I agree. This was, it almost, it's almost not a James Bond movie. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's go ahead and get into spoilers because I don't want to have to sit here and censor. So if, yeah. you, if you haven't seen this movie, um, you should go see it. There, there's some surprises, I think. And it's worth seeing without spoilers. And I, I have a lot of thoughts I sent to you the other day. We don't have to go through all those in a row or anything, but we can kind of use that as a yeah. a rough guide, or at least I'll use that as a rough guide. But it's now been uh, almost a week since we saw it, five days. Five, yeah, five days. And if you do want to hear our initial thoughts, it was just three episodes ago, and I don't have the number in front of me, but it was well, episode 984. It's time for no time to die time. Yeah. That's a good title. So five days later, uh, we've both only seen it once. Uh, how are you? Has your opinion about the movie changed as it settled in? Now I'm gonna I'm <laughs> I want to tell you a thought I've had. Okay, and, and be honest with you, and I can't actually explain it. Okay, but for some reason, because you are so adamantly defending it, yeah. I feel like I like it a little less, which is usually something you would feel. Yeah, no, I understand that feeling well. But I don't know why I'm feeling that way. Well, and so I, I feel... It's a little bit of anger. <laughs> but can I, no, I'll just explain it to you because yeah. I know that feeling really well. Yeah. It's, it's a mix of annoyance and and anger and uh, some some minor disgust at my lack of taste. No, I just, it's not that. No, 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 it is. I'm telling you, that's the feeling. It's like a mix of those things. I, think, I feel like it's weird that you give James Bond such a pass. Uh, in ways that you don't give other things. Well, you're talking about the villain. We'll talk no, about the villain. In this that's, case, that's... in this case, yes. But the fact that you love James Bond so much, yeah, I love him. It just shocks me based on what I know that you usually like. Well, yeah, I love. It. Can't I have something I love? Yes. Are I... you trying? Like you're angry at the one scrap of love so... that's left in my heart. I'm, I'm, I'm so used to you not liking things. <laughs> it feels like what's happening? Something weird is going on. So when yeah. you're saying. Like when you said on the episode episode nine eighty four, who cares about the motivation of the villain? It doesn't matter. It's a James Bond movie, so you don't have to care. Yeah. To me, that's like I can explain after, that better, but that's essentially what I feel. After years of you just uh like degrading my feelings and thoughts on things <laughs> to have you just be like, Who cares? It's just like what if I was to say that about Marvel movies? It's it's just a Marvel movie. This is the trope of Marvel films. You just have to like it because it's a Marvel movie. Yeah. Like I feel like that's that wouldn't be a fair thing for me to say. So I feel like you're, it's fine if you like it. I'm happy you like it. 
I just don't know. I don't that, know. You, but it's I'm weird that you're giving it. That. You're giving it such a pass just because you like it. Like if that's if the criteria for things being good is you like it. <laughs> like I feel like no, no, that's no, where no. we have to go down the wrong so, path. So I I think it's a little bit different. And I'll explain it. I think that what I like about Bond is this mix of tropes. Like in the case of Marvel, it's different. Because I think you're saying, well, I like this. And then there's this trope over here. What I'm saying is that the tropes are what I like and the way that they're remixed and changed and everything. And I'm not going to claim like uh, that this guy's the best Bond villain or even a top tier Bond villain, though I did love uh, Rami Malek's performance. And I think that that's a lot of it for me as I was thinking about it more is I really loved his performance. But at the same time, Bond, Bond villains are not one of the tropes of James Bond is that the villains want to destroy the world or take over the world. That's part of it. Not every time. And I think it's fair to say that when Bond is at his most transcendent, there's something more there. You know, Silva has more of a, uh, a motivation, but even like Blofeld, what's Blofeld's motivation throughout the series? I mean, he wants to make money. There's the extortion part of it, but it's taking over the world. It's one of the tropes that make Bond Bond. That And so the trope is part of the essence of Bond. But I will acknowledge that what I'm doing currently is rationalizing after the fact. So you had mentioned to me off the air that there are other people that have brought up similar things yeah. to what I was feeling. That Yeah, it I seems mean, to be the consensus. The villain is fine, yeah, but not deeply fleshed out. I, I never, uh, I never claimed he was deeply okay. fleshed out. So, and the motivations are lacking, like we've been talking about. So, w as you've read other people's critiques, has that changed your views on him at all? Not really. No, I mean, I think that in a perfect world, would we have a little bit more from him? Absolutely. Would he be a better villain if there was more? One hundred percent. But what? So, what I'm saying isn't that you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong, and I'm not saying that it can't even be called a flaw in the movie. What I'm saying is that that flaw, to the extent it is one, uh, doesn't detract from the movie for me. Okay. That's totally fine because there's tons of things that are flawed that I just love. Yeah. So I don't mind. I mean, you shouldn't. So <laughs> that's a flaw on your part. So when. So that's I had a joke. That's why I was saying earlier, it's weird that I, I. I guess in this case, I feel like I need to be the other voice because I liked it. I gave it four stars, which is yeah. a strong rating. Uh, but because. I think you love it so much. It makes me want to give so the other side. So I, I uh, well, that's fine. I, I think you should embrace this feeling inside of you. <laughs> uh, I think this is healthy and you should channel it into other things. Marvel movies, just as an example. Yeah. Uh, I, I have my opinion has grown of this movie. I think the, the more I've thought about it, the more I've, I've admired it. Uh, not to say that I, I think it's perfect. Like it, I'd still put it at four and a half where I, I had it. So it's not a five-star movie, and it's not – I'll continue to stand by my statement that this is not on the level of elite James Bond movies, of which there remain only five, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, Goldfinger, Skyfall, Casino Royale, and Spy Who Loved Me. It's not in that tier. I want to pause real quick just on, because you've mentioned that list of five. I, I'm with you on the Daniel Craig ones. I typically enjoy those. Yeah. So to go back and watch The Spy Who Loved Me and Goldfinger, I'm interested in that, Yeah. J just those two specifically. So – what You're not you... interested in rewatching Honor Majesty's Secret sorry, Service? Yeah, that, sorry, I, I made a mistake. I failed to mention that one. So what would you recommend for me to go into that viewing if you want me to enjoy them more? Is there anything know. I can or just... You okay. probably won't. 
You don't you don't like James Bond. You don't approve of him. <laughs> so okay, that, it might just be that. Uh, yeah, I I do think I, Honor I, Majesty's Secret Service though, like you, especially this movie is so influenced yeah. by it, and I think you have to understand just what a milestone moment it is mm. in Bond's history. I do like when he talks to the camera. He doesn't uh, talk to the yeah. Camera. Right at the beginning, he's like, doesn't he say something? He kind of oh breaks yeah, the fourth no, wall. I don't, yeah, I don't like that part. Okay, so we like do- totally different things. Yes. So I'm not holding out hope for you to like them. Yeah. I don't think you like James Bond. Yeah, I've always, I would have always thought I did. Yeah, but I think you might be right. You Be- don't approve of his 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 method. It's not just that. I think I always would have thought this is a a franchise I am a fan of. I've seen well, I've seen now all the movies, but even before that, I'd seen tons of Pierce Brosnan, all of Daniel Craig. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if I look at my favorites, now my top three are Casino Royale, Skyfall, and No Time to Die. Those are my top three of all of the whole of series. All the whole twenty five yeah, movies. You don't like James so, yeah, Bond. I, kinda, I think it's time for me to admit. I like it, but I don't like it that much. Yeah. You know what you do like? You do like being part of the conversation for what the big movie or thing is at the moment. And I'm not saying that as a criticism. So I think that if Bond was not popular, you would have no interest. It's interesting. I'm just thinking if that would... I, when you say things like that, I try to think through if it's true or not. For example... It would be I, I, like, I faster t- if you just accept it. I, t- I typically like spy-type films, but there is a, a franchise, for example, called... Uh, we saw a trailer for it, The Kingsman. Yeah. Like, that's popular, but not extremely popular. And I've But I've heard it's kind of violent, and so I've avoided yeah, it. You don't like violence. So I, I'm trying to think of, am I not seeing that one because it's not as popular as James Bond or because it's too violent. So, okay, I'll say it a different way. If James Bond was too violent, which they go out of their way to not be, um, maybe I would, yeah, I probably wouldn't like this one either. So I don't, I'm not sure if you're totally right, but I'm open to that idea. I think I'm, I'm directionally accurate. Okay. That's what I like to say. But yeah, like the things I liked about this movie, just as I've grown, I mean, I, I think I was most unsure how I felt about the ending. Um, the more I've sat with the ending the more it feels right for Craig's Bond. Mm-hmm. It's not something I want them to start doing as a regular thing, but I I like it. Not only that, but by comparison, it makes The Dark Knight Rises look weak because they wimped out on, mm-hmm. on doing the same thing. Yeah, I said this in my review, and we talked about it a few episodes ago, but the I, for me, him dying at the end was not negative to the film. In fact, I think the his sacrifice makes a lot of sense. I agree. Like, to me, I can I can resonate with his reasoning. Well, one of the things I was thinking about uh, as I was thinking about the Craig era is, you know, James Bond is this famous womanizer and different girl every night mm-hmm. or at least every movie. Daniel Craig's Bond really isn't, if you think right. about it. And He's constantly in search of a meaningful yes, relationship. That's true. Yeah. And that's the one I like the most. That I mean, my top three are... No, if you look at my top five... Four of those five are Daniel Craig movies. So if if they cast Kirk Cameron as Bond and let him write in uh, proper sexual ethics, you'll have a yeah. new favorite Bond you in know, the future. I know that some of this we did discuss just a few episodes ago, but I'll just restate really quickly here just so we're all on the same page. Uh, I'm fine with him dying. For me, the only thing that would have been better, because I do like family-driven stories, is if he had all the drama of the movie happens just as is, but the end of the movie is he does get to live out in retirement with uh, Madeline not, and yeah, his daughter. It's not true to the character. I, I get what you're saying. So if that can't happen, then the fact that he sacrificed himself to save his family or his could be family, yeah, 
would be family. Oh, I think they, they, I think it's definitely his daughter. I don't think there's no, any that, question I mean, about like, that. Would be in the sense of they're not currently, but that if he was, if they were to leave this island together, right, then they're going to be together. So, like I'm saying, the fact that he sacrificed for them, I that I love. I agree. I, so, I wish they could have all been together and had a happy ending. But if they can't, this is almost a happy ending because it's Bond doing a Bond thing are, in a family-driven sacrificial sure, way. Are you sure? I know you like the Hallmark Christmas movies. Are you sure you weren't wishing you were watching one of those? I know. You keep saying this. that You said that in the last episode that I don't like drama. I don't think I, you what, like drama. But what I'm saying is everything that happened in the movie can happen just how it is. But I would like it if the daughter could grow up with her dad. But it's a movie. I like tell the, you what I would like. Like the, the, I know. The, these aren't real people where we're wishing like, oh, this poor child. Like, yeah, but that po- is what I think. That's what I feel. I do kind of wish like, yeah, I know that they're characters, but I wish that, that character was able to be raised by her father. <laughs> I mean, I think based on that you're laughing, I think you know there's there's something a little off there. I mean, it does feel weird to like go out and, 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 and be it. so like emotional about it. Right? But yeah, I do. That is what I like. Like, I would. Li- I feel really sad that they lost that five years together for no reason. Or because Blofeld messed things up for them, I feel bad that he didn't get to even really get a, have a chance. He's to, a tragic to a, hero. He didn't have a relationship with his daughter. His daughter didn't have a relationship with him, and the chance that they had got lost because of the virus. But that, so, those are sad things, and isn't that part of the job of art to explore sad things? I know this is. We've had this conversation so much. I great job, art. I'm just telling you what I would have liked better. <laughs> <laughs> I would have preferred a happy ending. Good, but yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, it, wait, wait a second now. I'm going to push you just a little harder because you said everything up until the end could be the same, but you just lamented the losing five years. So really, you would have liked for that five-year gap to have been them living happily together, not a little drama, maybe, and then happy. I mean, I'm. It, you, you, you want me to write the perfect way? They still yeah. have yes. they, they have the five years apart, but she didn't ever have a kid then, and then at the end, they can have a kid together that he actually gets to know. So, because I, I I do kind of like the the trust you know they don't know neither of them know if they can trust each other especially it feels like James Bond doesn't know if he can trust her yeah uh, so I'm fine with that part of the storytelling but then when you start to bring in the fact that now this daughter grew up without a dad that that's like too far for me <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, and I, I talked a lot about uh, in our previous review uh, how I didn't like how the daughter was in peril for so long in the movie uh, but now I feel like on a second viewing. This probably won't bother me as much because I know how it's going to wrap up. It just made me uncomfortable during this initial viewing. Yeah, you you don't like being uncomfortable, right? And I and I don't like kids in danger. I've seen I did see somebody complain, and I'm interested in your thoughts on this. Uh, that the way the daughter gets away, where um, the villain is basically like, "If you stay with me, I'll protect you. But if you want to leave, go ahead." And like a part of his plan does hinge on having her as leverage. Yeah, I I, I agree. That was a weak point. Okay, okay, that's all. I, yeah. I, I, it didn't really bug me during the movie, but as an overall part of uh, where I think there's some problems with the villain, that would add to it. So. I, I agree. Okay. I agree. Uh, so thinking about this movie, you know, one of the things that stood out to me as we were walking out, I overheard people say, oh, that was depressing. I don't think this movie is going to do well with audiences when you get out to the normies. Because of me? No, not you. Like, I'm just like, you're right. you. But don't I represent sort of not a, really a because audience. i don't think most people come out of the movie thinking you know i wish, <laughs> I wish james bond had, had been able family. to have, have more family time like i don't think that's people's reaction but i do think people don't go to james bond to feel down mm-hmm. and i think that this is a very weighty ending and so i, I 
Same thing happened to Honor Majesty's Secret Service when it was released. Yeah. Bombed, and it was uh, many, many years later before it got its reputation. You know, I, I, I was just thinking about something we have not covered yet, which is there's this uh, side character played by the actress from Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, Anna Diarmas. You know, she's in the trailers. And, uh, and she's also with Daniel Craig in Knives Out. Oh, you're right. I forgot about that. You know, she's, so I was going to say, she's in the poster. She's on the trailer. She seems like she's going to be a big character. I, I mean, would you say she has 10 minutes on the film? Maybe 15? Yeah, but it was fantastic. So that, I wanted to ask you more about that character. What What's the point of that character? And why do you think it's fantastic? Yeah, so the point of the character is that she's part of the whole Cuba thing. I mean, could the script do without her? So as I was thinking about like how long this movie is, uh, it, it would be very stupid to say that Oh, no, yeah, the movie's long, but everything's essential. And this is one of those moments. So I would say the movie has excess, but not bloat, if we can understand mm -hmm. that distinction. It has things that could be cut, but they don't feel like bloat. This is one of them. So the Cuba sequence is essential. Like, Bond has to interact with Spectre and mm -hmm. everything. But could you cut Anna Diarmas' character out? Absolutely. But she's so fantastic in that scene. She's She's very beautiful and that's important for a bond movie but yet he doesn't like do the typical bond thing with her which again it speaks to daniel craig's character but but he's kind of the in terms of everything else except hooking up with bond she's the quintessential bond girl in those 10 minutes you know it she's kind of a funny character and i thought it worked not in a goofy way but where uh she she's got three weeks training and then she gets in there and she's got the machine gun uh the moment where they stop and have a drink at the end of this fight is just fantastic and feels like just a classic Bond moment. All those you could cut. Everything there you could cut. But everything about that is so much fun and just works so well on a Bond level that it's it's great. Okay, so if you're saying that they could have cut it, I'm sure other people have thought it and even maybe the filmmakers considered cutting it. So what are they trying to tell us by including it? What's the what is happening there that's important well, for I don't us to think see. they're trying this is where I say it's it's excess but not bloat it's not that it's trying to tell us anything there's not a thematic depth to it what it is is a great bond scene so and in a heavy movie so if you want if you want to say what's the purpose of leaving it in from a, a filmmaking level from a heavy movie they have a, a very heavy opening we have a very heavy ending to this movie we have a lot of heavy stuff going on to have that kind of classic Almost goofy Bond sequence, because also that's the whole Blofeld bionic eye thing, mm -hmm. which I love because it's so Bond villain, but makes zero sense whatsoever. It's like in the midst of this very gritty, grounded Bond movie, we have these moments that don't contradict the rest of it, but work so well at, mm -hmm. on a Bond level. It feels so classic Bond, and I'm so glad Daniel Craig got w at least one more of those sequences, because... You know, he's known as the gritty Bond and the emotional Bond, but he does that stuff so well, and it's, it's so much fun to watch him with it. Uh, so I think from a filmmaking perspective, especially if you think of what our audience is looking for in a Bond movie, uh, that's one of the moments that breaks up what otherwise is a pretty heavy, heavy going. If you want to go deeper than just this is what somebody would expect to see in a Bond movie, I think that this is a movie that looks backwards a lot at not just the Craig years, but even yeah. be, uh, like way yes. back to the beginning. And this sequence uh, could be a way of them I don't know, paying homage to things we've seen in the past yeah. instead of just having it be strictly the more serious Craig era. Yeah, and, and I think that's essentially what I'm saying is that in the Bond franchise, there are moments like this and the movie's interested in having those. Mm -hmm. So could it be cut? Yes. But it's so good.
It's so good. She's fantastic. She's a great actress. Uh, Daniel Craig's great. I mean, it was like if you've seen Knives Out, they have such great chemistry, but playing such two very, yeah. very different characters. I love Knives Out. Uh, so yeah, I, I loved it. Uh, so uh, let's see. Uh, some other things I had in here. Uh, did not love the new 007, but I don't think we're supposed to. But the whole time I was thinking, don't do the cheap thing of making her a villain. Because it oh, gives yeah. us an easy out. Right. Like, and, and it gives not... Bond an easy out. Okay. So I thought, even though I didn't like her character, I'm really glad that that she didn't become a villain, either a real villain or kind of this antagonist inside of MI6 or anything. Yeah, it was, they, they played it really well. So I didn't like her, but that was okay. Did you think, I know that you've, your complaint was Skyfall did the old versus new story great. Yeah. Spectre repeats it and you didn't love that. This, in a sense, is old versus new again, like the old way of doing things versus the new uh, by the book, all business style. Is, did you feel like they're just repeating that same thread? It's a little bit different. It's different enough where it didn't feel it. I think you I'd, I'd have to see, maybe look for that on a rewatch to say for sure. I think what I didn't like in specter about that is that it's done on this broader level we're gonna shut down the double o program and that's like the same thing that's happening in skyfall Mm -hmm. where emma's being grilled in whatever british thing that is parliament probably (laughs) i don't know whatever the british people do uh so she's being grilled there and it's like it's on that level to a degree you know there is always going to be this tension with bond and i think that's there you know, in, in many movies. So it didn't feel redundant to me, but I I uh, leave myself open to revisit that when I rewatch the movie. Okay. Uh, but speaking of other MI6 stuff, uh, Bond and M, I just love Ray Fine as, uh, Fine as M. He's so good. And that first scene when Bond comes back in, he's like, uh, is this a new desk or have you shrunk? It yeah. looks bigger. Then they get into a fight and he leaves with it. Definitely the same desk. Yeah, that was one of the only times I heard you make a audible reaction during the movie. You, you thought that was so very good. funny. I did think it was very funny. <laughs> I still do. <laughs> uh, we. I don't know if we talked much about Felix Leiter. I, I don't think we did. I, I Other than I, I mentioned it was the first moment I really gasped in the movie. And yeah. I was, I've always loved this character. I was really bummed at what happened. But it, th- now in hindsight, you could see how they were dismantling what we have seen and enjoyed about the Craig era. And it felt like having that moment so early on was them signaling. uh, And and especially we just talked about this whole uh, Anna Diarmas sequence that comes right after that. It's the movie saying we're playing for keeps. Yeah. And, and this is the end. Yes. You're not going to, whether Daniel Craig lives or dies as bond. Yes. This is the end of what we're doing here. And, and at that moment, even though I would have still said I don't think Bond's going to die, that's the moment where it feels possible mm-hmm. because it's like this movie is all in. Mm-hmm. It's all in. But I I love Jeffrey Wright as an actor so much, yeah. and he's very underused as Felix Leiter in the Craig era. I would have loved for him to have been in either Skyfall or Spectre. The Skyfall's perfect as is, yeah. uh, so maybe Spectre. But it's it was so good to have him back, uh, and that's just a, a great sequence, um, another good action scene. Uh, and the relationship between them, and yeah, it was fantastic. I also really like him. What have you liked him in besides James Bond? Uh, he's in Westworld. Mm-hmm. He's really good there. I'm sure I've seen him in other things, but that's what what stands out. He's uh, the Watcher on Marvel. Uh, well, what if? Yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> did you happen to notice, speaking of M, the Hall of M scene? Yes, with the pictures. Yeah, so obviously Judy Dench is there. Yeah. But did you notice Bernard Lee? Well, because I'm not as familiar with the past actors, I assumed those were past actors, but I wasn't positive. Yeah. So obviously, you know, this is the type of thing people are going to take and be stupid with it. It's a code name. No, it's not a code name. If you think it's a code name, you haven't Wait. spent more than three seconds thinking about it. Like this M whole, is a code name? No, no, no. The whole uh, of James Bond is a code name the theory yeah. and that there's some mass continuity. It's just I hate people on the internet uh, who, who do dumb things like that. It's just such nonsense. So what does this have to do with M? That they're going to say, oh, well, so Bernard Lee as M is in the same continuity as the Daniel Craig stuff. It's just oh, an Easter egg. It's you. just a fun little thing. Yes. And then we all move on with our lives. Okay, gotcha. Uh, sorry, I, when when he meets Mathilde, who's the daughter, mm -hmm. and Madeline says right away, she's not yours. What did you think that meant in the moment? I instantly <laughs> thought you haven't put in the time to yep. be her father. So like, not not she's not biologically yes. yours. It's you, you don't know her. You haven't been here with me. You left us five years ago. Or at the very least, I thought in the moment, that's not a, a wholly unambiguous yeah. statement. Yeah. Like it could be taken two ways. I assumed it was his the whole yeah. time. Uh, I just I think she felt really abandoned. Swan, that is uh, Madeline. Yeah. She felt really abandoned and they hadn't quite made up at that point. Right. So when she said she's not yours. She's saying you left us. You you lost your your uh, privilege or right to be her father. Yeah, uh, and which which almost goes back to the first the opening, man. That scene when they're in the Aston Martin and it's got the bulletproof glass. Mm -hmm. Which this is another one of those moments where it's like, okay, they're playing for keeps because bulletproof glass in a Bond movie is bulletproof glass, and yeah. it is here. But then the guy's got the shotgun or whatever he has, yeah. and it's starting to give. Yeah. That's and and Bond is just blanked out, well, trying to process it. That was such a great scene. I took that as now we know that he truly loves her. Yeah, and we know that he at that moment thought she's totally betrayed me. Yep. So I've taken that scene to mean he's ready to just be done. No, like, I think you're right. So he 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 was okay with dying in that car right there with yeah. her. I, I no, I think you're right. I think that's the correct reading okay. or a correct reading yeah. anyway uh, of that scene. And then you know he puts her on the train and yeah. uh, I liked how retro the initial opening titles were. I thought that was a yeah. nice touch with the, the dots. It was very 60s mm -hmm. Bond. Uh, but when will I see you or you'll never see me again? Yeah. Uh, I just. I absolutely loved the cold open to this movie. Yeah, it was good. It was so good. What did you think of the music? I, th I remember you said you started listening to the song like a year ago. Yeah, yeah, because it well won an Oscar, I think, in twenty at the twenty twenty Oscars for oh, wow. best song. Okay, and then the movie isn't released. Uh, yeah. No, and if you go back and listen to the lyrics, they are all about the prologue. Uh, it's, it's actually very spoilery, really? but you don't realize it at the time. Okay. But it's fantastic. I thought it works perfectly in, in that sense. How does it rank? I know you once I, ranked your Yeah, I your do. It. I, I was, uh, I was, my family was up at the Rainies this weekend. We were, we were, they haven't seen, hadn't seen the movie yet, so I didn't spoil anything, but we were, of course, talking Bond rankings. Um, so I actually have this theme song. Let me see where I put it or if I have put it in here. Yeah, so you've got your letterbox list yeah. open there and it's ranked by music. Is that correct? I'd put it at number five. Wow. So my top theme songs, I'll just do the top five. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Goldfinger, Live and Let Die, 
Skyfall. I, you gotta love Adele. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Carly Simon, nobody does it better from Spy Who Loved Me. And then I'd put uh, uh, Billie Eilish's. I've never heard anything else from her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe I'm a Billie Eilish fan yeah. now. I don't know. Uh, but I'd put No Time to Die right there. Would you consider yourself an Adele fan? Like I don't, I, I I don't know that I've listened to enough to be a fan, but I'm a fan of everything I've heard. Okay, I I haven't listened to everything she's done, but I do like her music. I right, so do I. Uh, a nice little we were talking about callouts. The scene where Ash Logan, who's the guy who's Felix's partner, and then Bond crushes him with the car. That's a callback to For Your Eyes Only, hmm. where Bond essentially does or Roger Moore does the same thing, where there's a a car. Uh, teetering on a cliff, and and in maybe Roger Moore's darkest moment, he c- pushes that car off the cliff. Very controversial wow. because he's not usually like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, speaking of of Roger Moore and past Bonds, I saw somebody online put together a compilation of each Bond's final shot. That you know, it's like Roger Moore's in the shower with yeah. a girl, and then you get to the, just a giant <laughs> explosion. <laughs> Man, I remember uh, thinking when they so at the end of this movie, No Time to Die, they blew him up. Like, I mean, there's no ambiguity about what's about to happen or what happened here. I mean, they'd have to pull an X Files with cigarette smoking, man. Like, it's that level of unambiguous. Yeah, I mean, it is like as I'm watching it, I'm thinking, okay, they're going all in there because sometimes you might see the person and an explosion and then. Uh, you know, cut way back, and you're seeing a wide shot. Yeah, but we're seeing him close up, exploding basically. And and if Daniel Craig calls up Barbara Broccoli, she's gonna she'll find some way to wreck. No, it will probably be uh, in between. It'll be the five years. Oh, that's oh, true. They that's why that, they yeah. put five years there. I think he was just in Jamaica for those five years. But right. you never know. You never know. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> that's I bet you anything. That's exactly why there's a five year gap there. No, that's not why there's a five year gap. There's a five-year gap because there's a five-year gap. The b- opening of the movie takes place within a day or two of the end of Spectre. Right. And then this is, like, in See, real are you, time. Are you saying that there's not a chance that they are leaving themselves? No, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that the, the, the five-year gap fits with the chronology yeah. of the films. Yeah, because they do they take place in the year we're living in. Yes. Correct? Yes. Because I think uh, Vesper's uh, uh, gravestone 2006. said 2006. Yep, right. it does. Um uh, See, I was going to say something else, but then I forgot. James Bond. <laughs> wow, what a great guy. <laughs> I, I think uh, we should either give our top five all films or top ten, but I do have your list also. Do you want me, uh, the things that you sent me to yeah, discuss? Yeah, so uh, we can talk about that, then I do have my top ten Bond moments from the Craig era. That's that right. Give. Yes, we have to get to that. So, Why don't you do that first? Okay. Well, do you want me to tell you where I think No Time to Die ranks? And uh, yeah. we all know yours. Yeah. Casino Royale, Skyfall, No Time to Die. That's right. But Quantum, do you know my number four? Uh, either Spectre or Quantum it's of Solace. It's The Living Daylights. Oh. I like The Living Daylights. And then number five is Spectre. And number six is Quantum of Solace. And number seven is License to Kill. And then finally, we get the ones that you like. Number eight, Goldfinger. So let me give my top ten. I'll, let, I'll just keep going then. Number nine, Diamonds Are Forever. Number ten, Tomorrow Never Dies. All right. So I'm going to give it. In in reverse order, because No Time to Die is top ten, but that'll that'll make it I'll, spicier. I'll give you the number number right. ten. No, no, reverse order. Number one, uh, Skyfall. 
Number two. Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Number three. Goldfinger. Number four. The Spy Who Loved Me. Number five. Casino Royale. Number six. You Only Live Twice. Number seven. From Russia With Love. Number eight. No Time to Die. There it is, everybody. Number nine. For Your Eyes Only. And finally, number ten. Goldeneye. So I think I have every Bond represented in my top ten, which shows that I do love James Bond, whereas you... You know the the exact. Oh, I don't have Timothy Dalton. Here's some that I have ranked lower, but that I I remember fondly. Live and Let Die. I remember fondly. Did you have that in your top ten? Uh, no. Uh, The Spy Who Loved Me. I remember fondly. Oh, it's so good. Um, let's see. Oh, I I'm seeing Doctor No here, and it reminded me of something. So I'm going to stop what I was just doing and then say I saw online some people speculating that Safan Safan whoever whoever this villain's name was. That he could have been a Doctor No like character. Did you get that feeling? No, I mean, especially because they were really pulling from um, the the novel of You Only Live Twice for the whole Garden of Death and everything. Because I didn't read this online, but after I read about the Doctor No connection, I started realizing, wait a second, this movie is called No Time to Die. Yeah, that's a little little bit of a stretch. Doctor No Time to Die. You know, there is one inter- one interesting thing when we're, we're talking about his motivations. Uh, there is a hammer and sickle symbol in his base, which I thought was very interesting. Like, I just assumed he took over a, somebody else's. I base. could be, yeah. And so, you know, I'm I'm not gonna. This is where I'm not gonna disagree with your your argument. Um, definitely would have been better to have him have more of a motivation, but I don't think it hurt the movie. All right, because the movie was about other things, and it also I do stand by my claim that uh, Bond villains just want to take over the world. All right, I'm so going to give you um, my runners up in no particular order. So these are best moments from all of Bond. No, from, from Craig Craig the, era. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, the top just just ten through six are not in a particular order, and then I'll I'll give you uh, the rest. All right. uh, so Quantum of Solace, only one from that. I like when his reunion with M. Anytime Daniel Craig and Judy Dench get to do something, I think it's a positive. Okay. So I like that. Uh, two from No Time to Die, the Aston Martin opening we already talked about. I think that's just spectacular. I could say the whole cold opening, but that in particular. And then uh, the death scene, I think, is, is also a top moment. Mm-hmm. And there could be others in there. Um, from Spectre, the cold open. You know, the single shot through the Mexican Day of the Dead parade. Yes. You know, it eventually cuts, but it's a long extended shot and it's really well done. Uh, and I also love his infiltration into the Spectre Secret Society. Yeah. It's very eyes wide shut. I like that too. All right. Give me number five. Number five. Number five is from Skyfall when he kills Sylvan. Specifically, he kills him by throwing a knife at him. The reason why this is an old mo- or a great moment is that when he gets to Skyfall, the manor, and then the the caretaker, they're setting up the traps and everything. Very straw dogs style. That might be the reference people want to pull. I don't know any I other movies that, that uh, they would want to reference, but it's definitely straw dogs. So he pulls out a knife and says, sometimes the old ways are the best, which is a very thematic moment for the film. Yeah. And it, it's, it's the theme of the film. And so then when he kills Silva in the church with the knife, it's just bringing together everything from Skyfall. It's a moment that you can miss, but it's a lot deeper than than I think people realize. Number four. At the end of Casino Royale, uh, Bond, 
James Bond when he says the line for like, the first time. And then you have to appreciate that for every single actor who followed Sean Connery, like that's Sean Connery in the first scene he's in in Doctor No, and he's sitting at the card table and he's smoking the cigarette, and it's just it's like the moment Bond took on this weight of of pop culture. And thinking about No Time to Die. Yeah. Did you like the scene here where it was a little awkward where he said Bond, James Bond? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. Where he's going in as a visitor to MI6? Yes. Yeah. I, I thought that was funny. Yeah. But for every every actor who's followed, the first time he says Bond, James Bond is always a moment. Like mm-hmm. Timothy Dalton is criticized rightly, I think, that in Living Daylights, he just, Bond, James Bond. He's just very cranky about okay. it. You know, that's my problem with Timothy Dalton. I love how cranky he is. He doesn't like James Bond. I think that's why you like him. You have that in common. Yes. I think so. I, I, we've talked about this <laughs> yes. before, but I think you're right that uh, Dalton is trying not to be like the traditional Bond. And I, I, I never knew until we did this series. But I probably don't even really like the traditional Bond. No, you don't. All right, number three. So, well, hang on. The last thing I want to say about this is that for Bond fandom, then, anytime a new Bond takes over, you're waiting for the line. Yeah. And they dangle it until the very end, and that that's what closes the movie. Yeah. It's great. Number three. Number three is a moment that's just so quintessential Bond, and again, talking about uh, how Daniel Craig is such a gritty, serious Bond, but there there's moments where he pulls off the suave... Devonair spy my favorite one is in skyfall in the opening when they're on the train and you have this wildly over the top moment where he uses the backhoe to rip open the train he jumps down into it and as the back of the train falls off he adjusts his cufflinks yeah I love it's that. so subtle and so perfect it's it's like if you you have to appreciate bond to to love it as a character uh well, you you said you loved it, so maybe you don't. But you have no. to like at least know something about Bond. But it's so great that he's so cool. Yeah, he stops to adjust. Wait, his which film lights. is that from? Skyfall. But, okay, so I knew exactly what scene you were talking about. So I will agree with you on this entry, just in the sense of you love the series, I like the series, but that particular scene, I can picture it perfectly because it's so like Bond does so many over the top cool things. And that's a moment that's so understated, and it, it's half a second, and it's over, but it's like, this guy's the coolest person yeah. you've ever met. Yeah. It's it's great. Um, number two, uh, Skyfall, when he's uh, Silva is interrogating him, and he says, what's your hobby? And he says, resurrection, because it's such, like, that's the great, one of the great Bond thematic mm-hmm. moments. You know, clearly, I love Bond. I love Bond fun. I love Bond deep. But that's a moment where it's like part of why Skyfall is my favorite of the Bond films is that moment because it's what brings it all together. Like Skyfall is such a deeply Catholic film. And that that's one of the moments that just drives that home. So I love it. Where are we at? Number one? Number one. Number one. It's really the only thing it could be. The Casino Royale cold open. Oh. So good. Yeah. You know, from the black and white... It's the first movie, I think, since Dr. No. I think Dr. No had the gun barrel sequence, but every other movie opens with the gun barrel sequence. We just go right into this black and white scene. Where's the gun barrel sequence? And you realize what you're watching is the gun barrel mm-hmm. sequence. And then the you know the dialogue enters cut with this intense fight in the bathroom uh, and the dialogue with this guy where he's, oh, you know, yes, the first time's hard, speaking of killing people. But the second time will be, he shoots him. Yes, 
considerably. It's so good. And then it goes back to the bathroom sequence. The fight finishes up as he's smashing this guy. And it's it's this juxtaposition of the two sides of Bond, this super intense fight, and then just the cool, cold-blooded killer. And then we have the gun barrel sequence, which is him making his first kill in the bathroom and goes right into uh, You Know My Name, which is such a great Bond theme. And we have the opening credits. It's It's the, like, after Die Another Day, which is such a cartoon, that's a moment that tells you, in that moment, you know this is on a different level. This is something you haven't seen before, but yet it's still James Bond. It's still honoring and is very much in conversation with everything that came before. So I can't remember how you ranked the actors before, but Daniel Craig has always been my favorite. Is he... Who's your number one Bond? I'd, I'd still have to say Sean Connery. Okay. Because if you look at the set of movies we've been discussing during the Craig era, they're definitely the best set of movies. I, I mean, they, they tell a complete story. You get to see him start do his first kill, become a double O. Uh, you, all of a sudden, you start to see his aged years and not, I don't I don't know if I'd agree that they're the best set of movies and then, I, 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 I'm and not then you see him disagree. die and you actually go all the way from so it's basically but that doesn't make it the best set of movies a, so it tells it tells a complete story for the first time it does and that's so what ha, which actor has the best set of movies well my heart says Roger Moore but I know that's not right okay. so let's 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 do this quick so I'm gonna disqualify George Lazenby because he only had one okay so I'm going to just disqualify him. Uh, obviously, you, you wouldn't do Dalton. On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, it's so great. So uh, Dalton's out okay. for sure. So we're down the more. And Brosnan's out because oh, Brosnan's yeah. a good Bond, but Goldeneye's good and the rest are increasingly weak. All right. So we're down to Sean Connery, Roger Moore, and Daniel Craig. So I'm going to rule out Roger Moore, even okay. though I love him. Okay. I love him. Let's just say for love, if my heart's answering this question, we're going with Roger. Um. I think I'd still go with Sean Connery. You know, yeah, let's yeah, just yeah, take yeah. their weakest movie. Okay. Side to side. So Diamonds Are Forever is the weakest from the oh, Sean Connery. I love that era. one. Well, you would. And Quantum of Solace is the weakness from weakest from the Craig era. You don't have Daniel Craig's without what Sean Connery did. So I'd still have to say Sean Connery is, is superior. But what's the best set of... Okay, he can be but, your number no, no, one. No, no, no. I'm saying the set of movies. I'm saying that set of movies is superior. Okay. I guess I'll we'll have to agree to disagree. You have to include Never Say Never Again. No, you don't. I'm talking about the Eon movies. <laughs> uh, all right. I think that's all, right? We got anything else? I, I think so. Do you want to? I, I know we have other things to record tonight, but do you want to say what you think will be next? You you gave this before, so is it different than what we talked about in the last episode? Or I not? still wouldn't bet on it happening, but I think based on the fact that he died, the odds of us getting a period piece went up. Okay. So I would have put him at 10% before. I'm going to put it at 33% now. All right, everybody. And I, I'm guessing they'll just recast and start telling some more modern stories with a new Bond. Although I do think Ben's idea would be more entertaining. I agree. All right, that's all from here, Either everybody. way, expect a short run from the next Bond. And you think three, right? Yeah. You well, think- I want three. All right. Because uh, we've had one, two, four, five, six, and seven. Okay. Well, that's all from here. I'm Matt Anderson. I'm Ben DiBaldo. And we're the Sci-Fi Christians signing off. Goodbye. Otherwise, do like a Grand Moff Tarkin in, in Rogue One. Let's get uh, CGI Roger Moore back for no, more. They should have a They could movie. call it Back for More. Oh, that would be good. They should have a uh, a movie that features all the past Bonds teaming together. Yeah. And we'll, call it The Bond Off. I'm sure they could come up with something better than that, but 
you like you like this idea though. Would you love to see a movie featuring young Sean Connery, Roger Moore? So this is where we're talking about. Well, you're giving Bond a pass. I'm not gonna say I wouldn't love that movie, but I also wouldn't defend it. <laughs> <laughs> because you wouldn't feel right. I know I, that that's a trash idea, even though I want to watch but it. But your interest is peaked. Yes. That's amazing. So, but I know that's a trash idea. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.